Hello, and welcome to the You're an Asset podcast. I'm your host, Casey the Dollar, and on this podcast, we find out who is an asset in the financial industry and who is just an ass. It is. The BMIs are stupid. Thanks so much for joining me, everyone. On today's episode, we have a very, very special guest. It is not her first time here on the show, and you might recognize her. You will recognize her. It's none other than Miss McCall Marshall. Hi, Hi. McCall. Hi. It's so good to be back. I'm so excited. Um, Yeah. I wasn't sure if I was going to mention it yet, but I've been interviewing all kinds of boys and (laughs) no no women. (laughs) on the show and i'm lucky enough to work with you so i know it's kind of an unfair advantage on my part that it's like i need a girl i'm here she's here all the time like and she's an asset so surprise surprise uh we're not going to find out if mccall's an asset (laughs) or not today we know that in season one so if you haven't seen season one go check it out (laughs) go check it out well today me and mccall are going to talk about fixed indexed annuities which are an asset so that is what we're going to spend today's episode talking about we have a lot to go over when it comes to fias um, which can also just be called indexed annuities they are um, an asset class an income producing asset a safe money product and in today's economy it feels important that we should go back and talk about these products and why they're important. We've been talking about them a lot with clients. And so we want to share kind of what's what we've been hearing from our clients and from people reaching out to us. To get started here, McCall, is it snowing over where you were at? It is. It is. I don't know if I can like do a quick pan. It is like snowing and we're supposed to get more snow tomorrow. And it's it's special. I can't complain about my 60 degree weather here in uh, sunny California then, huh? No. No, I can't. Okay. Well, the last episode of the podcast, we talked a lot about world events, um, which affect our money, right? And it kind of plays into this this episode today, talking about the state of the world and how people are feeling about their money. McCall, how do you feel about the state of the economy and how things are going lately? I mean, I there was a time where I would have considered this a like disadvantage, but now I kind of view it as an advantage. I've never had a 401k or retirement plan. I literally had nothing set up for my future before I met Casey. But one of the things that I realized was I needed to get something set up. And and I'm grateful that it happened the way it happened, because the number one thing I keep hearing people say about any of their their vehicles, right, whether it's a traditional IRA, 401k, even Roths, which we like Roths. We're not anti, but all of these are susceptible to that market volatility, right? And with the way the economy is, people are just, are just putting money into these things and watching it disappear. And it's like one of the number one things people keep bringing up in conversations. I've had multiple clients say, hey, I've got this like old 401k that's not doing anything. Or even ones that unfortunately like have 401k, they're still tied to employers. Like, can you give me something? Right. Because they're putting money into these vehicles and just watching it drop, watching it dip. And 
I think our entire generation watched what happened in 2008. And so we we we're, we watched what happened with our parents and we're seeing how that's playing out even like we saw with our grandparents and what happens with their retirements because of that, right? And so now all of us, I think, are a little like apprehensive because we're watching it happen again and we're all going, there has to be another option. There has to be something else that we can utilize so that we're not putting money into something and then just watching it disappear. But again, it's what everyone's telling everyone to do, right? You go to a job and they're like, how much do you want to put in your 401k? Yeah, 100%. 401k has been the retirement account for decades now. Yeah. Um, But I I think we've mentioned on the show before, I mean, Forbes came out with an article last year that said, is the IUL the new 401k? We think it might be. You know, and I mean, we agree with this that it it should be people's new way of saving money for retirement, um, not because it's a miracle product, but because you don't have to go through these ups and downs of the market like you do with the four hundred one k, and also tax advantages. Right, four hundred one k has got no tax advantages other than not paying as many taxes right now. Right, that's the benefit of the four hundred one k. And maybe before we get so into kind of what clients are saying, should we kind of back up and say what are the basics of an FIA, a fixed indexed annuity, and the basics of a four hundred one k? Yeah, yeah, four hundred one k. You're putting your money in your gross money, right? So it's before taxes, so everything comes out tax deferred. A lot of times there's a company match, so you know that's a really good perk when it comes to four hundred one ks, right? And we yeah. tell people all the time, like every financial advisor can agree on one thing: at least do your company match. That's basically free money, right? So yes. you have the company match, you have this tax deferred status. The cons to a four hundred one k, right, is that yeah. it is tax deferred, so you feel like you're kind of getting a tax break right now. But we don't we never know what taxes are going to be at the time you decide to take out this money. Right. We, we it's just something we're unaware of. We, what we do know is that the tax codes basically said that in 2026 they were going to go up. And so we know it's coming and we don't know if it's going to stop there, if it's going to keep going. We just we don't know. There's a lot of uncertainty around what the taxes will actually be when you decide to take out the distributions from your 401k. The other thing is it's very much susceptible to the market. You have the ups, the downs, the you're riding that roller coaster, right? And I, mean, I think we've talked about this before, but when the market crashed in 2008, it took people like five to six years to just get their money back to where it was in 2000, 2007 before that market crash. And so five to six years of just trying to play the game of catch up. Like if you were going to retire in those, that five to six year time frame, now you're not. You don't have the money. Like you're just yeah. playing catch up at this point. On top of that, you have, you know, our favorite RMDs, the required minimum distributions with 401ks, which I don't think a lot of people are aware of. Yeah. That basically what happens is if you don't take out enough money from your 401k, you're going to get a letter from the IRS. that's like, hey, you didn't take out enough money. You owe us taxes. We we are going to ask you to take out more money so we can get our tax money from you. Like literally take your money out of your account. Like, I don't care if you don't need it. Yeah, they forced you to take out more money so that they can get their taxes from you. Now, they did just increase the age limit this past year. So, so yeah, you get two extra years before you get that that letter. And then this is something else that I don't think people realize about 401ks. Yes, you can put a beneficiary. I don't think people realize what happens to the beneficiary of that 401k. They are required, if something happens to you and they receive this money, they are required to take out all of the money that's in that 401k within 10 years. 
so that the IRS can get their taxes. So if they don't, and all of that affects his tax brackets. And of course, if you try to access any of this money before 59 and a half, there's a penalty on that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, it's what we're taught to do. But when you start hearing about all of these other things that really isn't common knowledge, they they start to feel a little scammy. Well, yeah, because it's not even just the taxes and the risk, right? There's also a fees and charges within a 401k. Two to four percent over the life of the account on yeah, top it, of taxes, on top of the possible negative returns. Right. You're still paying a fee and you lost 10 percent. Yeah. Awesome. I think the Forbes article that we already mentioned brought up the fact that 401ks, I mean, they were never intended to be retirement plans. Right. They came around mm-hmm. and basically help boost the economy and be able to put money back into the economy to, to help Wall Street on their feet. Right. It wasn't until the 1980s where the IRS realized, oh, my gosh, we can get good tax money from the middle class. If we change these 401ks to a retirement plan, guys, this isn't Forbes. You can go Google it. Yeah. Like they, it was never intended to be what it is. They reframed it, added some codes to make it sound a lot better to change it into a retirement plan. But the whole point of the 401k at the end of the day was to get more tax money from the people, period. That's it. And does the 401k have its place? Absolutely. Is a match a great way, you know, the employee match, a great way to get a little additional funds? Absolutely. Is it beneficial to save money on taxes right now? Sure. Absolutely. Of course. Like, <laughs> But if that's the only plan you have, that's a problem. Just like if you only had an annuity or an IUL, like that's a problem, right? It's about utilizing multiple different accounts so that you have multiple streams of income. Right. And so if you're getting a 401k and you're getting the match, perfect. But don't think that that's going to be your end all be all and you don't need anything else. So many people think, okay, if I have a million dollars in my 401k, I'll retire. No problem. This is not true because what, what do financial advisors say? Oh, just follow the 4% rule. If you follow the 4% rule, you're 65 years old. You got a million dollars in your 401k. How much are you going to take per year? That's 40,000. 40,000. Before taxes. Before taxes. So you're not even retiring on 40 grand. No. And I think if you wanted to have 40 grand, I think you would have to take out, based off of the tax codes right now, like 45,000. If you're in like the smallest tax bracket. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, and that's purely to get to the 40,000, right? Yeah. And then it kind of goes down. Which wouldn't be the 4% rule because now it's like the 6% rule. Not even not even close. And, yeah. and so what does that do? Drains your asset. Even if the market's doing well, now you're earning interest on a smaller number than what you started because you're draining and depleting that asset as you're taking out those distributions. If you're working for the company that's giving you a 401k and is matching your contributions, we got nothing for you, unfortunately, because the government has laws and rules that say, hey, if your employer gave you a 401k, You can't do anything with that money. You have to literally quit your job to be able to get options on using the money in a different way. Or be 59 and a half. Or you have to be 59 and a half, right? But if you're a 35-year-old listening to this podcast thinking, wow, I really don't like my 401k. Like, what are my options? There's none. I I hate hate that that's the answer, but there's none, right? You'd literally have to take a 10% penalty and pay the taxes 
to be able to put that money somewhere else. Now, if you have an old 401k, you really should do something with it. And, you know, we are not financial advisors. What I would do, what I would tell the people that I care about the most, if they have an old 401k, I'd be like, please, let's put it into what's called a fixed indexed annuity and protect that money and give you peace of mind around the protection of the principal, the market protection, right? And that that money is going to continue to grow over the next however many years instead of just hoping it's going to work out in the long run by keeping it in the market. So the FIA can be a huge a huge benefit and bring a lot of value to those funds that you had in a 401k, whether you leave your job or you turn 59 and a half. Um, call basics of, a, of an FIA. An FIA is pretty simple. Like if, if you're if we're talking about a rolling over a 401k, right, you would still maintain the same tax deferred status. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of keeps the same rules. However, an FIA has a 0% floor. It's the same as that IUL, right? It's, it's part of the appeal of the IUL is that you have a 0% floor. So you benefit from the growth of the market without the risk of losing your funds. And then, of yeah. course, same as the IUL, there's both multiple different annuity products. So some are focused on growth. Some are focused on distributions. And so you kind of have these different options. And so we can take money out of a 401k, roll it over. You don't have to pay the taxes. You don't have to pay the penalties, which is like, that's the probably the big perk there, especially if you're under that 59 and a half. You move it into another product. You give it a chance to grow. So it's not just sitting there, you know, idly by not doing anything. You give it a chance to grow you're not going to lose anything because it has the same 0% floor. And then when you take out the distributions, it's the same tax deferred status. You're still going to pay Uncle Sam his money. Still going to pay Uncle Sam his money. Yeah, just like it was a 401k. But you do get, depending on the type of money that was rolled over, if you rolled over a, a Roth IRA, right? Because not only a 401k can be rolled over into an FIA, but a Roth, a 401k, a 403b, a TSP, a IRA, right? just a traditional IRA, can all be rolled over. And depending on the tax status of that account, right, the money, when it comes out, can be taxed on a last-in, first-out basis, meaning that you could be taxed on just the gains, on capital gains first, and then the principal will be taxed at ordinary income, right? And capital gains tax is a lot less than ordinary income taxes, So for someone who rolled over, for example, a Roth IRA that is tax advantaged, you're only going to be taxed capital gains tax on the gains once that Roth IRA becomes an FIA. And this can be really beneficial, right? I do have a client, um, actually a young client who rolled over a Roth IRA into an FIA a few years ago, you know, because she was like, I just don't want to risk it anymore. I don't want to have my money in the market. Um, Now, her principal is obviously tax-free still no matter what, even though it's in an annuity. But anything she earns um, before she decides to pull income from that from that annuity will just be capital gains tax, not ordinary income tax, which is a huge benefit, right? To get mm-hmm. that protection and then not have the money lose all of its tax advantages when you decide to distribute it as income. But of course, 401k, IRA, they're all going to be taxed at ordinary income. So I, there are some stats that I was looking at online to kind of hopefully not scare anybody, but, uh, you know, raise awareness, raise awareness is a perfect way to say it. So I just typed into Google, right? How much are 401ks down right now? And the first thing that comes up from November 28th, 2023, 
which is wild that that's last year already. But the average individual retirement account balance was down nearly 4% in 2023. Despite market turbulence, contributions have been exactly the same, Mm. right? So everyone is contributing just as much, but the average return is down 4%. And then the average... The average return in 2023 of a 401k, 4.9%. 4.9%. That's like what my savings account is doing. Yeah, I mean, IULs are doing better. Like, yeah. Like, of course, like everything has, we're having a rough year in the market. So, okay. Our economy is suffering. So for your 401k is not doing well. It's not doing well. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine a 4.9% return with no protection at the bottom. Like we said, we're not against 401ks. You should take the match in your employer 401k, but this is not impressive whatsoever. I don't see the value. Which is why, again, we're bringing up the idea of like diversification, right? And of course, if you're hearing this conversation, you're thinking like, why can't I just take my annuity and turn it into an IUL? It's because you would Uh, have to liquidate it, right? You would have to liquidate the entire thing, pay the taxes, pay the penalties, which if that's what you want to do, that's absolutely fine, right? You have options, you have choices, and then you could put it into an IUL and there would be strategies that we would do for that. But the reason we're talking about the fixed index annuities right now is because you can kind of get that same benefit without having to pay the taxes and the penalties, right? Yeah. You just roll it over. And so you're kind of getting both have you know the benefits of the growth without the risk of losing the fund. And I want to add this too, especially if you're rolling something over, there's a lot of annuity products that have bonuses as well. Yeah. So when you roll it over, you can get a bonus, which is a little extra boost onto the money that you that was just sitting there, right? You give it a chance yeah. to do a little bit more. And if growth is the goal, if you know accumulation is the goal, a bonus never hurt anybody. Right. Like no, a bonus and we have bonus products right now that are giving eight percent and even up to thirteen percent just to roll it over. Right. And so you know you take a a hundred grand and immediately you're getting 13 grand added to your overall rollover just for making that decision. Like a thank you, like a thank you card from the carrier. Why, why are annuity companies able to give bonuses like that though? Right. I mean, that would be my first question is like, wait a second, they're just going to give me 13 grand if I roll over a hundred grand. Like how, how? Well, first an annuity is basically an insurance product that you don't have to get a medical exam for. Um, and what they're really good at is investing and watching and timing the market. And they invest in a lot of bonds, right? Mm-hmm. They have a lot of safe investments where they can guarantee themselves that they're going to earn 5%, right? And then some companies are a bit more aggressive and they're seeing their products right now. I mean, I showed a client an 8.8% average return on their annuity for rolling over some money um, long term as a worst case scenario. And we're going to go over it because I have the yeah. illustrations here. And I l- pulled it up because I run things really conservative. We all do. We run things really conservative if you come in and talk to us about some projections. And so I saw 8.8% and I was like, well, that's not conservative. I didn't choose any like super aggressive indexes and the average return was 8.8. And so if you scroll down to the historical data of the index options with this annuity product, the worst year they've had in the last 30 years did an 8.8% return over a 10-year period. That's amazing. Yeah, right? I mean, their best was upwards of 15% in an annuity product that has, which this wasn't mentioned, I don't think, annuities can have no fees. 
zero to low, very low fees within the annuity. And the fees only come if you're using a product and you're saying, hey, I want to have a higher cap. You might go from this S&P 500 index has a 10% cap, but if you pay a 1% fee yearly, you can have a 15% cap, right? Mm -hmm. And so that would be your only charge of your annuity product. And that's it. Otherwise, the principal that you roll over is 100% guaranteed. And we're gonna, yeah. I'm going to have some illustrations pop up on the screen later on when we go through some numbers and you guys will be able to see this. I think that some of our clients look at annuity illustrations and they're like, it's not going to go anywhere. Like, yeah, it's not going to go anywhere. Like worst case scenario, you roll over a hundred grand, get a bonus. And in 10 years, you have all of your money. Every, whether it's a IUL or an annuity, they're always going to show you the guaranteed numbers, right? And then you have your, this is like, if it does really well numbers, like there's yeah. kind of, so like, there's always the both, but even with an annuity, the guaranteed numbers are always incredible. Incredible. Like I have a, I have a client, he has, you know, an old 401k from an old employer that's just been sitting and he's been watching it go up and down because right, he can't contribute to it anymore. So it's just riding this ride. And he's like, can you do anything with it? And so the, you know, the idea is I showed him the illustration, the, you know, it's in a growth product. So the entire point of this annuity is to give it a chance to grow and kind of be a little bit more aggressive. And his $5,000 and, you know, like 10 to 20, I don't remember if I didn't pull it up, but, but it was still like, it still showed this 5,000 that had no hope of doing anything actually grow over the next few years. And that's the guaranteed numbers, right? If it, if the market does better than the guaranteed then we're talking even better numbers. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's I can't wait to see what your your illustration is that shows all that. But it's they're they're like the guaranteed alone, you're just like, okay, great. People are turned off from annuities because in the past they were just like a put it here, hold it, doesn't grow much, and you can't touch it. Right. If it was a yeah. 401k, you can't touch it. And so people were like, why would I do that? Like I could put the money in a CD and it would be available for me in three years and I could touch it or two years, whatever the time frame was. And annuity products are a longer period of time, you know, minimum five years up to a 20 year annuity. And so if it's growing the same as like a high yield savings or a CD, people are like, well, this is doesn't make any sense. But now there are these annuity carriers or these companies that are trying to keep up with the IUL world. Right. And so they're like, mm, we should get some more aggressive indexes, which mm -hmm. I think was a really good move on their part. Um, and they've kept the safety and the reliability and consistency that, you know, was beneficial for the annuity before. So now they're totally different than they were before. They're totally different. But I think people are turned off from them because they're just in a way like boring. Yeah, it's boring. Like I'm just going to put my money away for 10, 15 years and not touch it and it's going to grow and be safe. Like people think this is boring for some reason. <laughs> They really do like, well, I could put it in a Roth IRA and get like, you know, 15% and you have to watch it go up and down and hope it works out. Like, right. So in this case, you get to at least watch it just go up. Yeah. That should be exciting. That should, should be, be more exciting. exciting than this. I don't want the thrill of like, okay, I lost 10 grand. <laughs> Hopefully it's going to come back. That doesn't sound fun. I did um, want to talk about like the average amounts that people have in their 401ks today because I think it's really sad. I think it's really sad. Honestly, if you look up like recent averages and like stats that have been done for different age groups, we have like, what is the average 401k balance at age 65? 
And they're giving us ages 50 to 55 and saying that the average 401k balance is 161,000 at 50 to 55 years old with the median balance being 43 grand. That, uh, 55 to 60, average 401k balance, 199,000. I'm getting itchy. <laughs> I know, it's like, huh, I'm uncomfortable. Literally, with the median 401k balance for a 55 to 60 year old being 55,000. Mm-hmm. And then 60 to 65, it goes down. The average balance for a 60 to 65 year old is 198,000 with the median being 53,000. And it just gets worse. From 65 to 70, the average 401k balance is 185,000, the median being 43. Meaning that most people have 40 to 50 grand in their 401k. And then there are, you know, 10% of people that have like 2 million. And so the average is 150 to 200,000. But really, the the midpoint is like 50 grand. Which, if you take into account, again, going back to that, the idea, right? The theory around the 4% rule. What are you going to do with that? And before taxes. If you're only having 10 grand a year, you're not going to be in any tax bracket because you're not hardly making any money. But that's where it's like, who who has a million dollars in their 401k? Some people do. Not many. The average isn't even half a million, right? The average 401k balance between ages 50 and 70 isn't even close to half a million. It's not even half of that. So like, I don't understand why we keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. We can't do the same thing anymore. It's not working. Well, I think it's at the point where people are realizing that it's not working and they don't know what their options are. And it doesn't help that we have people like Dave Ramsey who just repeat over and over again, buy term and invest the rest. It's like there is actually something for you where you can move that money and give it the chance to grow. We read a book. I wanted to give a shout out to David McKnight. We like his books. Look Before You Lerp is a really good one. But he has one called The Volatility Shield as well. And it's kind of like a little novella, a little story. It's a super easy read, but it's really good. But one of the things they said in this, and it really stuck with me, is this idea of all of us are constantly trying to get to this point, right? We're all climbing up to a point. And we're like, once we get there, we've made it, right? But we're forgetting that there's a descent. We're forgetting that they have to get down the other side and do so without outliving your funds. And so so we're also focused on, I need to have a million dollars in my 401k. I need to have, okay, but what does that mean on the backside? What does that mean as you're coming back down the mountain? One of the amazing thing about annuity products, a lot of them have like guaranteed income benefits where you can basically, they basically say, hey, no matter what happens, even if you run out of funds in this annuity, we're going to make sure that you still get this amount every single year for the rest of your life. You don't get yes. that in a 401k or a Roth no. or a traditional IRA. No. Once you're out of funds, you're out of funds. No, a lifetime income benefit through an annuity can be, wow, right? I mean, life-saving to say that I am going to get, you know, four grand every month, no matter what, and set yourself up this way with one of these annuity products. I mean, that could be what ends up allowing someone to live a comfortable life for the rest of their life without needing, you know, other family members to give up their time and money to to help you, right? Or you don't have to go and get another job in your retirement years. Yeah. Because a lot of people have had to do that. And with your 401k, there's, yeah, like McCall said, there's no such thing. You're not going to be offered, okay, 
Uncle Sam says you can keep your money and we'll give you, we'll guarantee it for the rest of your life. LOL. <laughs> not not going to happen. Nope. Not going to happen. Growth is incredible. We want growth. Mm-hmm. We want our money to grow. We want it to accumulate. But we also got to think about the other side too. We have to. And I think people forget to. about that. Because I know I yeah. did. And thankfully annuities have something for that also. When it comes to your guy who rolled over the $5,000 um, that he had into mm-hmm. an annuity, right? For anyone listening, you know, $5,000 would be the minimum. There's no maximum on on a rollover. But he was young, right? He's a younger guy. He, he's in his uh, mid-40s. Mid-40s. So we got 20 plus years for that five grand to only grow, right? Be kept safe. And so that's the focus right now. We want to accumulate as much money with that money as we can for him. And then when he does turn 65 or 59 and a half or whatever he wants to do, he can either roll that money into a different annuity that has more growth capabilities, right? He wants to keep accumulating the money or he wants the lifetime income benefit, right? He wants to just guarantee himself an income or maybe something happened to his health. And now he can put that money into a product that's going to offer long-term care, extra health benefits, nursing home, right? Benefits, right? Like some of these annuities have really intense healthcare and um, elderly care benefits that you can take advantage of. So no matter what this person needs, whether they just want to accumulate more, they want to guarantee some income, or they need need help taking care of themselves health-wise, they could do any of those things um, and make that money work for them in the, in the way that's most beneficial, which I don't think people realize either that there's so many different types of annuities depending on what you need. Um, it doesn't just have to be a, a growth product, a growth product, an income product, like McCall said, or even a product with extra healthcare benefits. Yeah. Of course, our plan with him, right, is growth and then moving it into a lifetime income you know, annuity so that now he can just take that money out and doesn't have to worry about running out. I want to also bring up, because you mentioned this earlier, it was kind of like a little like you dropped it real quick and then we kind of like breeze past it. But you hmm. mentioned that annuities are like a um, a life insurance product that you don't yeah. need a medical for. And so there's a lot of people that want to know what their options are if they're considered uninsurable. And annuities is a great place to put your money that protects it from, you know, the market volatility and allows it to grow. And you can do that without having to get the medical or prove insurability. McCall, other than the guy with the five grand, what other conversations have you been having with people about their 401ks or their retirement accounts? Like I would say seven out of 10 phone calls that towards the end of the conversation, they're like, "Um, so I have this 401k. Is there anything that I can do with that? And unfortunately, most of them have been under 59 and a half and or it's still tied to their employer. So we're not really able to do anything right now, but they know what their options are. And it's good to at least get the information out there so that they know that there is something because people leave their jobs all the time. But I will throw this out there. There is a tax code. 72T of the Internal Revenue Code says that you can liquidate your retirement account and put it into a different account, right? Before you're 59 and a half. But here are the nuances, right? Let's say I have a 401k from my current employer and I have a hundred grand in it. Well, I'm only 30, right? If I want to liquidate it and use this tax code, the tax code says that I have to distribute the money 
over whatever period of time is longer, whether it's five years or until I'm 59 and a half. So that would be 29 and a half years of having to take a withdrawal every year to be able to do something with it, which I don't know, maybe that sounds good to someone, right? Most likely it's not the best strategy, right? But there is a tax code that would allow you to do that. Now you still have to pay the taxes and you would still have to most likely pay the penalty, however, but you would be allowed to do it. Now, who who should use this, right? If they really don't want to keep their money in their 401k or their IRA, someone who's 55, right? Okay, five years of doing a systematic withdrawal from your 401k to get ready for retirement, fine, right? This makes sense because you're going to get to roll it out within a five-year period. So you got a few hundred thousand dollars in there each year. You could take out a large chunk and that chunk is going to be smaller than just liquidating the whole thing, right? So the taxes you're paying each year, not so bad. And if you're doing it because you'd rather pay the taxes now and put that money into an IUL where it's going to come out tax-free. I do think that's very smart. It's just a very unique person and situation. So I would not say that people should go and do this. Now, the other thing you would have to think about is if you take money from your 401k or your IRA, that money is considered ordinary income because you're paying taxes on it. But that also means it's going to increase your annual income, which could move you into a higher tax bracket. So not only are you going to have to pay taxes, but you also need to be careful that you're not going to go from a 24% tax bracket to a 32% tax bracket all of a sudden and have to pay even more taxes. So very tricky situation. And in that unique situation for that perfect person, I would bring this to them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so would McCall, we would bring this to you and say, hey, we do have an option, but here are all of the cons to this option. um, And let's talk about it. Right. It's just it's not a situation or not a a concept that we would bring to our clients most of the time. But it is there. What else about 401k? I feel like there's going to be at least one or two people that are going to listen to this and be like, yeah, but you can take out a loan from your 401k. You can take out a loan from your 401k. And what happens if you take out a loan from your 401k? The overall value of your 401k drops and you're now earning interest on less money. And you are required to pay it back. And you're required to pay it back with a payment plan. Most of the time when I hear people who have taken a loan from their 401k, they talk about how much they regret it. It's literally the most common thing is like, yeah, I took some money from my 401k and I really shouldn't have done that. Can I please get an IUL so that... I actually have a place to borrow money from. It's not a great idea, but of course, there's going to be someone who's like, well, you can do it. For that person, there you go. You can do that. Yes, you're right. I also, should we talk about suitability? Sure. Suitability. Suitability. What's suitability, McCall? So suitability is one of those things where the people in charge said, this is going to be a really good idea. And the idea behind it wasn't well-intentioned. However, (laughs) you have to prove... This is if you want to get an annuity, you want to roll over your money, you have to pass suitability. Right. You have to pass it, which basically is you proving that you can, in fact, lock up this money and it's not going to affect you. Like if something if you had a, an emergency, because like Casey said, the money's locked up. You can't touch it. So you have to pass suitability where they're basically you're basically telling them, like, I will be fine if we lock up this money. I don't need it. Which is wild, right? Because the money was already locked up. 
in the 401k, but now they're saying, but like, can you really, can you afford to, can you? Yeah. And again, I mean, like I said, it was a well-intentioned rule because there was a time where you didn't have to pass it and people were just rolling over money into annuities and locking it up. And then people had like car emergencies, health emergencies, and and they'll charge you a surrender charge on that money. That's not always so the best idea. They just want to make sure that you can pass suitability to make sure that if you lock up this money, you will still be okay. Which means you have to give the information on your total assets, your total expenses for the month, your total income for the month, and they will look at it and say, okay, it makes sense that you could lock this up. You're going to be fine. And you have to testify like, I am not expecting that my financial situation is going to change in the next 10 years. And say, you know, I'm okay with this, which most people are like looking at us like, but it was locked up before. I don't really get it. And we're like, yeah, I know you couldn't have touched it anyway. And you can still touch it. Right. There is a surrender charge. You want to pull 10 grand from it. You're just going to pay a surrender charge on that 10 grand and they're going to give you your money. They're just not happy about it. Just like your 401k. They're not happy about it. And so know what they did. They said, okay, well, you're going to pay us pay us interest back. Right. And uh, you're also going to do a payment plan. Whereas with the annuity, there's not a loan. You're not borrowing from it. You're literally just withdrawing some of the Mm -hmm. money. No, it's a great point to bring up. Well, I don't think we've talked about this before, but imagine that someone has left a job with a 401k, went to another job, didn't do anything with their 401k, got a new 401k, left that job, has another 401k, left that job. And so now they have all these 401ks just like hanging out. 10 grand there, 30 grand there. I have a guy right now. He's 48 years old. He has four different 401ks out there just chilling for a total of 130 grand. Okay. And he can consolidate all of them into one annuity. And he's 48. So a 10 year annuity focusing on accumulation until he's 59 and a half is literally perfect. And why it's even more perfect is because this guy is saying, hey, I am done losing money. I seriously am going for just protect the principal and stop risking it. And so an annuity is perfect. He he understands the return might not be as high as the market, but 8.8% is is pretty dang good with the worst case scenario, right? The 0% floor, the protection... Um, even if the market were to come back and be, you know, insane, he would rather have the peace of mind. And he was like, I just want to be done with it and keep it safe. So we're going to use an accumulation product. So I do have these illustrations here. Um, and we can pull these up. The, uh, the product is a 10 year product. There is no bonus on it. Something that's interesting. Bonuses are great, right? But you could have the same product with a bonus and then one without a bonus. And the one without a bonus tends to have higher caps, right? And higher participation rates. So you take your pick. Do you want the bonus or do you want to have a 15% cap instead of a 12% cap? Mm -hmm. So everyone is different. This guy didn't actually like the bonus. It's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to bet on the indexes. Okay, cool. So when I chose indexes for this client, I didn't choose a single index with a fee. All of the indexes have no fees. So this product has no fees associated with it. So 130,000 gets rolled over and the end of year contract value, the end of year cash surrender value, and then the end of year guaranteed minimum surrender value, and then the death benefit. Now, an annuity does have a death benefit 
But the death benefit is just the total value of the policy. It's not a different death benefit. It's not separate. It's the same money. So at the top of this, we're looking at contract values projected on a guaranteed basis. Guaranteed basis. 130 grand goes in. Literally no money is contributed after that. It's 130 grand and then nothing. If we look at the end of year contract value, it's 130 grand every single year until he's 114. Stays at 130 grand. Now, if we look at the surrender value, the surrender value says it's down to 118, 120, 124. It's going up over time because there is a surrender value. If you were to cancel it, right, on year one, you put in 130, you'd get 118 back. But if you canceled it on year on year 10 when the product's life is technically over, the end of year cash surrender value is $152,870. So they guaranteed that you're going to earn a little over 20 grand and your money is safe. No fees. Like, I feel like there's more to say. There's not. Like that's it. <laughs> yeah. You're going to walk away with more money than you had and they're going to guarantee it. And why can they do that? McCall, give us a reason why. How could you earn 20 grand in a product guaranteed by earning no interest? Like why would they give you 20 grand? It's because they're going to make the money work no matter what. They're they're not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're not <laughs> stupid. They're not just going to be like, oh, we'll take your 30 grand and we'll just like put it in a box and it'll just sit there. No, it's going to earn something no matter what, right? They're going to guarantee you the principal and then they're going to make it work. They're a business too, right? They're not just going to have the money do nothing. Now, if we scroll down to the next section, we have index options that we would have chosen. Now, it still says 130 grand, no more money added. We have the interest crediting rates, years one through, you know, they're 114. And Annuity illustrations are really great because they do this thing where they give us realistic um, earnings. And so year one, it says we earned 11.5. Year two, we earned 13.8. Year three, we earned 0.49. Year four, we earned 7.2. Year five, we earned 17. Year six, we earned 0.07, right? So they're making it very realistic. We got almost 0% years. We got high years. We got in-betweens. Now, if we look at even the first year, end of year cash surrender value, 131000 So you're going to make a grant. Otherwise, the minimum guaranteed surrender value on year one is 117000 Okay. So of course, they're saying, hey, if you were to surrender it, you would have lost thirteen grand. But okay. But we're not going to do that because we're not silly. We're not going to do that. So if we look at year 10, when this product would be up, the product went from one hundred and thirty grand in 10 years to 289,000. It's freaking amazing. It more than doubled in 10 years and it's safe. It's protected. If we gave it another, let's say we gave it until 65, 17 years, that money, that 130 grand has turned into $553,000. Now this person is going to, it's huge. You're going to be able to take that money, turn it into lifetime income, turn it into extra healthcare benefits or keep it growing. Right. Because just the following year, it's hypothetically at 611,000. So the, yeah. that money is just compounding over and over and over again. And if that person were to pass away, their beneficiary is going to get all 553,000, which is amazing. These numbers are, are incredible and they're very straightforward. There's, you know, I mean, that, that's the whole illustration other than talking about the index options. Right. right? And 
of course, you know, that would be a whole other thing. We get into indexes and you want to diversify the money and choose indexes that that have a good historical return, right? And annuities will allow you to do that, to use really good historic indexes, which is another huge benefit of of these types of products. Did you expect it to be over half a million by retirement age? Annuities, always, every time I look at an illustration, they always like blow my mind. I'm like, oh, right, they really do work. Whether it's the guaranteed or even the hypothetical, and the hypothetical, like Casey said, we still illustrate very conservatively. So it's not like this hypothetical is like, you're going to earn 20% every year. Like, no, like it's still a very conservative number. And it's yeah. still because of the compounding and that 0% floor protection and all of that. Like we're just giving the money a chance to grow. And giving the client peace of mind. Yeah. I think this is honestly like the biggest part of why they're so attractive. The peace of mind that you could get from just like, why am I going to worry about it? Right. It's going to be fine. People sit and watch their 401ks like just giving themselves so much anxiety. Like, oh my gosh, it's down today. I've lost all this money. And they're spiraling thinking about the future. Like if you have the opportunity to move your money into a safe money product, you should really consider it. And if you are looking (laughs) to avoid 401ks, then you should really consider getting an IUL. (laughs) Um, You know, because that's another peace of mind product. Oh, did we miss anything here about 401ks, FIAs? I think we did it. If we didn't answer your question about FIAs, please put it in the comments. Um, reach out to us, send us an email, DM us on social media. On the call, where can people get in contact with you online? Well, I am on at TikTok as living.lively and I am on Instagram as underscore living.lively underscore. But if you if that's complicated, you can just find me at Power3 Financial, TikTok or Instagram and then and go from there. Yeah. If you reach out to Power 3 Financial and you don't get set up to work with me, most likely you're getting set up to work with McCall. McCall and I have been in business together for going on three years now. You guys, yeah. it's wild. And you will see her again. Don't worry. She'll be coming back. Um, thanks so much for <laughs> thanks so much for chatting with me today. It is always a pleasure, my friend. This has been the You're an Asset podcast where I'm your host, Casey the Dollar. And we find out who is an asset in the financial industry and who is just an ass. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. The You're an Asset podcast is not giving financial advice. We are not licensed financial advisors and our licensing is strictly in insurance products. The information that we talk about is specific to the products that we work with. We cannot guarantee that other agents will have the same product features that we discuss on the show.